Are you willing to admit you are wrong when you are wrong? Can you apologize when you need to? This is Tuesday, May 30th, and I know it's going to hurt when you apologize, but can you do it? Now, yesterday we saw how culturally we are in the West, where we are in the West. There's been this idea that if we could strip away sin and rules and law and religion, we could thereby eliminate guilt and shame. But the end result has not been good. Secular people live with the strange feeling that they are sinners even though they no longer have a name for it. And so they have a compulsion to find forgiveness, or absolution really, without dealing with their sin. What's the easiest way to do that? Well, it helps to focus on the failures of others, or to make yourself a victim as a means of discharging guilt without dealing with sin. We see these strategies at work to remove our sin from us and make us feel that we're really okay. But in the process, we create new problems for ourselves and others, and we miss out on the grace that could be ours. Well, let's pick up with our scripture passage from yesterday. We'll read John 13, verse 3 to 8. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, You do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Now, knowing the Apostle Peter, you have to love this scene. Jesus is circling the room, washing the disciples' feet, and he arrives at the feet of Peter. And Peter tells Jesus there's not a chance he's going to let him do that. It would be humbling to have Jesus condescend to fulfill this task. It's true. No doubt to Peter, it's a noble response. But listen to Peter. He says no to Jesus. How often do we hear that in the scriptures? We don't really. This re reveals Peter's heart and also our tendency. We don't want to admit we need cleansing. We don't want to speak the truth about our lives. We prefer, as we looked at yesterday, fig leaves and shadows rather than the light of truth. We need forgiveness. We need for our sin to be dealt with and resolved once and for all. But will we admit it? Will we accept it? I can identify all too well with the true story told by Dr. Henry Brandt. These are his words. I was speaking fervently one night about confession and repentance, and after the meeting my wife and I drove a while to our next engagement. It was a beautiful day, and all was friendly until we came to a crossroad leading to the freeway. I turned toward Detroit, our destination, when my wife said, Henry, you're going the wrong way. That remark burned me up. My caustic reply is, don't you think I know where Detroit is? Look, do you want to drive this car or do you want me to drive this car? And away we went in air-conditioned comfort. 
We had a good breakfast under our belt. We had nice clothes. The scenery was beautiful. The car was performing smoothly. And I was furious, telling me I was headed in the wrong direction. I lived in this area for years. I'm sure I know my directions. She said nothing. She was to handle the road map and keep us from getting lost. After a while, we came to the first exit and a huge sign with an arrow pointed in the direction we were going, and above the arrow was the word Chicago. <laughs> now, that was the opposite direction of Detroit. Now, I have a PhD degree. My training is in the area of evaluating data unemotionally and accurately to produce advice based on the data. This is how I make a living. I get paid for my judgments. I chose to ignore the sign. The sign had a big arrow pointing in our direction, and above it, pointing the opposite way that I want to go. You ever get that cold, clammy feeling after you have set someone straight that it's possible you might be wrong? I felt myself becoming more angry at my wife and decided to try one more exit, and away we went. Can you believe that? A brittle electric silence was in the air. Both of us looked straight ahead and were silent. The next exit was the same. There was that arrow pointing to Chicago. Would you believe that I decided to try one more exit in order to give me time to figure out how to get to Detroit without turning around? Now I read Brant's story and I wonder, have you ever acted like that? You know you're in the wrong, but you will do anything to avoid facing it, dealing with it, admitting it. Peter is adamant that Jesus will not wash his feet. You see, in Jesus, we have the forgiveness of our sins, but we must see that we need it. We must welcome the grace of Jesus as the sinners that we are. Of course, the fact that we have a Redeemer means that it's safe to admit our sin, and what a freedom and joy there is in that. In this moment, Jesus explains to Peter that he doesn't understand what he's doing for him, but in the future he will. Jesus is showing forth that in foot washing what he will do for us at the cross. He will remove our sin as far from us as the east is from the west, for love covers a multitude of sin. As wrong as we are, and as slow to admit it, Jesus is there with a towel wrapped around his waist and he's ready to cleanse us. Let's pray. Father, you call us to reason together. You promise to wash us and make us as white as snow. We rejoice in your goodness, that you do not treat us as our sins deserve, or repay us according to our transgressions, but you remove our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. Enable us by your Spirit to live in your grace. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.